0: Hello and welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast.
1: The, near post, the flick, and it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. off and
2: Bold dominant in the last ten. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside Beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated
3: to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccercast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast.
0: How's it going Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host Ray Samora and I'm with you almost every single episode except for that one time I couldn't make it on uh, and Dylan and Alan covered for me but that's you know that's a long time ago. I'm just going to start saying again every episode uh, as long as Dylan's okay with that. Let's bring Dylan on here. Dylan how are you doing man? I'm doing well, and I am I am okay with that. I think
3: the hundred something episodes we've had, you are above a ninety nine
0: percent. You're fine. So close fine enough 90. is what you're yes. saying. If it was okay. Alan, I would draw the line. But and wait wait a segue over to our other host here down in San Diego, Mr. Alan. Alan, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's going. Um, I've yeah, it's um yeah stuff happening. Twitter is a disaster. From what I've heard, Facebook and Reddit is worse, so I'm avoiding those. But um, no, things are right. Um, Dogs are happy. It's not super hot anymore, so I'm happy. Uh, I'm glad to be back again. I know we took a week off, so I'm glad to be back and talking on a Tuesday night about Orange County Soccer Club, and I'm excited to have a conversation about you know, last year and looking ahead to next year. Cause I think that's, you know, what teams in this position are doing right now.
0: Definitely. I, I'm all, I'm excited about that too. Unfortunately, this is the time of year. We like to be talking about playoff soccer for orange County. And we just didn't get quite get there this season. Uh, So we're getting a little uh, started a little early with some of the, you know, what to look ahead to uh for the future. And one of those things we're going to talk about, we actually brought on a guest, First time on the show, he is the president of business operations for Orange County Soccer Club, and that's Mr. Jeff Garner. Jeff, welcome to the Orange & Black Soccer Cast.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. A uh, big fan of the show, so I'm, I'm uh, very excited to be making my first appearance, hopefully not my last, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Oh, definitely. Hopefully not your, your last. <laughs> us. We appreciate the shout out there. Glad uh, you're enjoying what we've been uh, trying to provide for orange County soccer club fans and trying to help promote the team. Uh, let's just get started with things. Uh, you know, you, you joined the club uh, rather recently, you know, you've been here now for what, a, a little bit over a season, season and a half. Now, basically you came from outside of soccer uh, down. You were in San Diego with some professional football down there, a league that's no longer around apparently. Uh, so you, you, I guess you left a uh, uh, sinking ship just in time, to head up the, <laughs> the five to come Ouch. to Orange County Soccer Club. And you're now here. Um, let me just ask you this. Uh, you, you joined again, the club with little to no soccer experience uh, as far as, you know, the business end of things. Uh, what has it been like for you in this year and a half? Uh, and how have you grown, learn, uh, adapted? Yeah. Uh, share share the tale. It- It has
2: been amazing. It's, it's, I've really enjoyed it. Um, my soccer on field background, I guess, would be limited to the time I spent as an assistant AD at Penn state. We had a national championship women's team, uh, and a, you know, fairly decent men's team. And so I got a lot of experience working with staffs there and uh, hosting a big 10 tournament and with the girls going to the NCAA tournament. So that's where I was kind of limited. I spent a, a long time in, uh, uh, in pro baseball, and then uh, as you mentioned, with the San Diego Fleet as part of the Alliance of American Football, and while our team did very well uh, down in down in San Diego, and we had a lot of really good things going on, unfortunately, the league itself turned out to be not exactly what was uh, what was promised. And so, turned out though that um, you know I, I got to come up here and join the club, and uh, I came right in the middle of the the 2019 season. And so I did get a handful of games under my belt, just enough to kind of see what we were doing from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from a fan experience standpoint, and then really start to make some changes in the offseason last year, add on to the good things we were doing. Unfortunately, we got one game under our belt for 2020 um, and really weren't able to see a lot of those things come to fruition. So it's been very frustrating from that standpoint, but very excited about what the future has and, and what we can build here and continue to build on.
0: Yeah, it, it, definitely very frustrating with the way things uh, ended up this season. I know even, you know, with us, we had big plans for the season. I know speaking with you, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, trying to figure out ways we can uh, expand our, you know, footprint and do some more live pregame shows and, and yep. things of that nature. And, and unfortunately we got to do the one, the one game, we got to do a pregame show there <laughs> and then everything just went crazy. Um from the business side of things, uh, what was the most difficult part about uh, the COVID-19 restrictions, the, the stoppage of play, and then the way that things resumed uh, with no fans in the stands? Yeah, I, easily it's the uncertainty uh, of really trying to create a plan, trying
2: to create a strategy, and not having the ability to, to really plan around anything concrete. Um, you know, I think we opened up on a Friday, and by that Wednesday back in March, I think everything pretty much shut down. Uh, And suddenly we were thrown into this loop of instead of getting ready for a beer fest event, uh, we were figuring out, you know, what we were going to do when we were going to when were we going to come back? Were we going to come back? Uh, And there was a lot of work done on our side. And then certainly by the USL trying to figure out how to return to play. I think the league felt and we would agree with this felt very uh, strongly that it was important that we get back quickly. And we get back ahead of some of the other leagues, which is what we did. I think with a growing league like this, you really want to try to, I hate to say capitalize, but you want to really try to get out in front of some of those uh, other competing sports. And so we wanted to get out before baseball and before uh, NBA and, you know, before NFL got started. And we did that. And uh, I think we were out a little bit behind the MLS. Um, We were out ahead of hockey. And so I think that really helped. I think there was eight, eight games or eight days, Uh, in the first 10 10 days of the season that we were actually on ESPN or ESPN Deportes, ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. So we had a national audience as a league, which I think helped a bit, uh, quite a bit from an exposure standpoint. And we actually saw that sort of spill over into our ESPN plus viewership. And so we saw all across the league, I think it was six times the viewership that we had seen uh, from last year. So I think that was great for us. From a brand standpoint, great for the league to get out early, grab that attention. And we really didn't let go of it, even though some competition started to enter. So uh, the uncertainty of trying to plan around all of those things, I think we did a good job uh, coming back in July um, and and making sure that we put players first and their safety and, and the protocols. It was not easy. <laughs> a lot of times it was not easy. But I think we had a pretty good record. Uh, unfortunately, we we played some teams that had some issues uh, around COVID, and we had to change some schedules and, and move some games around. I, you know, Sacramento was 20 minutes before kickoff or something, so that was always difficult. Uh, but I was really proud of the way sort of everybody came together. The technical side, the business side, we tried to really produce some really fun sort of digital content and try some things. I mean, we don't hit every time, but tried to create some new engaging stuff and, and have some fun with it during that time, which I think we did a pretty good job of. Things that we'll continue to work on uh, and continue to offer even when we get back to games next year, hopefully. Um, and then once we got into the flow of the season, it, it, I think it got a little bit easier. You know, we, we sort of settled into a routine. I think the players settled into that routine, the coaching staff, and then of course on the business side, we did too. Um, uh, and now we, we start all over again with the uncertainty. You know, what is 2021 going to look like? Uh, You know, the state of California today came out and uh, created some opportunity to allow fans back in for professional sports. Orange County isn't there yet. So who knows what category we're going to be at by the time we get to 2021. And then there's a question of when will the season start? uh, And I think that's all part of this process as we go forward.
0: So um, heading into this season, uh, the club had a major announcement with the partnership with uh, Rangers out in, in Scotland. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure on the business side of things, you guys had a lot of stuff planned based off of that partnership, maybe some promotions or, or trying to work that relationship. Uh, you know, that there's the documentary that was created, which I I'm sure that, you know, difficulties get thrown in with, with what was planned with that as well. Um, can you give us any kind of insight of, of what fans could have expected from the, the yeah. partnership as far as a, uh, uh, the engagement side of things uh, with the team? Of
2: course. And you know what? I think that aspect is what makes that relationship different than many others across, across soccer. Um you know, it's not just a player development arrangement or a player, uh, a player development contract. We're not just sending players over there and having players come over here. There is a commercial uh, side to that relationship. And so the most visible is, is the path to glory is the documentary. Uh, We are working on getting that distributed nationally, and we expect to have that distributed nationally on on television uh, probably in the next month, uh, maybe six weeks, that we'll have that out in the U.S., Uh, we'll have some announcements later about how we're handling it internationally with the Rangers and with their Rangers TV platform, but there'll be uh, an opportunity. And as much as it affected the documentary, it actually created some drama. You know, there's a couple episodes that were really focusing on how we were dealing with COVID, uh, how the players were dealing with it, how the team and coaching staff and how strategy, how we were dealing with it that way. And so you'll get, and fans will get to see a little bit behind the scenes of how we really operated leading up to that July 16th return uh, and then once we got the season started again, um, and so that's going to be a really cool thing to get out. Uh, the first episode aired back in July, but I think being able to, to see, uh, we'll probably look at at getting four episodes out. Uh, I think we're looking forward to that. Also merchandise, um, you know, we're working with, with the Rangers right now on doing some co-branded merchandise, some things that will be sold over in Scotland, and then some things that will be sold over here. Uh, really trying to interweave the brands uh you know for for the rangers we represent a a place to plant their flag in the u.s uh and create a presence over here you know the rangers are are such a uh traditional and tradition rich brand in europe uh but in the u.s you know they certainly they have pockets of following but they they really need to grow over here too and i think we provide that window to them. So we've talked about doing promotional nights. We've talked about having some former players that are living in the U S come up and do uh, appearances, certainly having some of their players and some of their uh, coaching staff come over and do some different things. And so we plan to do those again next year. We're working on uh, a pro, a small pro tournament, probably like a four team exhibition tournament that would include the Rangers, us and, and two other teams. Uh, we're looking at probably doing that next summer. We're looking at doing a, an additional youth tournament with the Rangers, some camps and clinics. Uh, and so really trying to interweave those brands. Uh, we certainly want to keep our own identity and they they want to also. But I think where we can find opportunities to partner, then we are aggressively looking for ways ways to do that. And I think our fans, whether you're a Rangers fan or not, I think you'll, you'll feel a little bit of that as we go through the year next year.
3: Jeff, so uh, understandably, um, you mentioned earlier a growing league, we're a growing club within a growing league, lots of talk about the future. Um, how was business this year? Obviously, you know, I think it's not much of a secret that a lot of USL teams rely sure. pretty heavily on, on gate receipts um, and, and events and things. So how, how did how the club go
2: about dealing with that? Yeah, I, 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 it's no that. secret at all that, you know, we're an event business. Uh, And so a lot of our money comes from ticket sales, comes from sponsorship sales, a little bit of concessions and a little bit of merchandise. Uh, And that's typically sort of the breakdown. Um, uh, Usually, I would say uh, for any sort of minor league team, you're probably looking at a third tickets, a third sponsorship and a third concessions is usually roughly how it breaks down and a little sliver for merchandise. And we really lost a big chunk of merchandise, although we did partner with a new uh, uh, retail group in Soccer Garage this year for merchandise and really tried to clean up sort of our merchandise offering. And now we're getting ready to launch some new product lines for um, for the holidays and then also for 2021. So I think that's going to help merchandise out a little bit. And I mentioned that specifically because the majority of our sales and merchandise were game days. And so we we lost a lot of that. and again, while I think merchandise is, is getting better and we'll be in a much better position as we go forward, it certainly hurt during the season. And concessions and ticket sales were pretty much wiped out. I will say our our season ticket holders I think held uh, very loyal as they have done in many other markets with many other pro teams. Our season ticket holders, uh, by and large, said, "Hey, we'll stick with you and roll our tickets over to next year uh, in lieu of refunds or or uh, you know sort of sort of pulling out of the team," and so you. I think that's a huge thing for us for next year to build on. Uh, now the tough part is how do we go out and create new ticket sales when we don't know when the season necessarily is starting. We don't know what the situation will be like when we start. We don't know if vac- vaccines will be widely available. We don't know if people are going to take them if they are wildly available uh, and, and actually feel comfortable coming into stadiums. We don't know what the state is going to allow us to, to, uh, to have. So I think that's the really hard part is trying to figure out how do we go about selling tickets right now, which now is a key time to start that process when we don't have all of that information, which we typically would have by now. And so we've had to be thinking sort of creatively about flex packages and undated voucher packages and and ways that you can get involved. You can reserve maybe first right on a seat location or on a game selection. So when we do have those things, you know, we can still capture uh, some of that revenue now. And then the other thing for us to focus on is, is sponsorship and sponsorship. Our sponsors were great with us this year. We were able to uh, offer some value and quite a bit of value actually through most of our broadcasts, whether it was on Cox Your View or ESPN Plus or Tuliga uh, Spanish radio. We were able to deliver that value. So a lot of our sponsors stayed with us. In fact, some actually spent more. And so we need to continue to build on that as we go to, to next year. So I will I will absolutely say it's it's a credit to James Keston and ownership that they were able to, to, to weather the storm. It was not an easy one. Um, you know, we we did our best to keep as many people employed as possible, that we did have a handful of, of layoffs, we're sort of a smaller front office to begin with. So that actually somewhat benefited us, I guess, in this situation. And we were just trying to be very responsible uh, financially with how we got through this, this time. So uh, things are much looking much better as we go towards 2021, but it was,
0: it's certainly what has been a difficult 2020 as it has been for so many other people, you know, not just a soccer team. So let me ask you this, cause you did mention merchandise and we had one of our listeners uh, or viewers watching on this uh, Nathan Wander on YouTube. Um, just wondering about like the, I guess, away jersey for this season. It wasn't at Soccer Garage, or at least on their website. Um, I know in the past, uh, merchandise has been a difficult thing for this club. Jerseys, I I believe it was two seasons ago, uh, they unveiled this orange jersey, and then it wasn't available for fans to buy until like the very last moment. And even at that point, it was very limited run of jerseys. Um, So I guess one question, is the away jersey available? And second, uh, what's the club's sort of commitment to uh, getting – I guess, quicker access to uh, sure. like game day jerseys and things of that nature.
2: Yeah. I mean, just transparently, it was, it was not a very good operation. Um, and it's something that we've been working really hard on trying to fix. And so unfortunately we've been sort of uh, paying for a couple of years of neglect. And so we had, um, you know, a, quite a backlog of, of inventory and stuff that we really needed to try to get through. Uh, and I think we've gotten through a lot of that at this point, uh, we really did a very limited run of new merchandise for the start of the season in March. And I think, uh, what we are working on now is we actually just hired some merchandise help in house, uh, in addition to our soccer garage partnership. And so I think now we are working on, uh, creating a new product line so that we can get some new stuff for the holidays and then really unveil a a full line for, uh, for the beginning of the season next year soccer garage has really helped from a fulfillment standpoint. Uh, from a shipping standpoint, from a cost of shipping standpoint, you know, the partner previous to that really w- was not was not offering those things uh, in a very easy to use and customer friendly way. And I think Soccer Garage has done a really good job of that. So uh, I, I think that part of it has been worked through and we're in a much better place than we were a year ago now it's all about creating new inventory and getting new stuff in the store not only the brick and mortar store down in san juan capistrano but also uh, online so again now that i think we have the order process and fulfillment process figured out and we have confidence in that and it's affordable uh now it's a matter of creating good quality merchandise on a regular basis that fans can enjoy and like and wear
1: So uh, I know you kind of came in and it seemed like you were doing a very good job of kind of just taking the temperature of where things were when you stepped in. Uh, The conversations you had and the conversations that I happened to catch you having with fans was always about where are we right now? And so I'm going to ask what was what was one thing that really surprised you that like, hey, this is working out really well that I didn't really expect (laughs) And then what is like your, if you had to list the number one priority going into next year, if, if next year is a regular season, let's just hypothetically next year is totally normal. What would yep. be your number one priority
2: to kind of build on that success? Wow. We've got a lot of priorities um, because I think there's a lot of areas that, that we've been, been focusing on and trying to get better in, in all of those. I think for me though, regardless of what next year looks like. Hopefully it's, it's hundred percent capacity and it's safe and we can get back to normal. But even if we can't, I think this still becomes the top priority and always honestly, personally for me always will be. And it's the fan experience. And so what are we doing for our fans? Uh, How are we making a game, whether it's in person or it's virtual, how are we making that enjoyable? How are we making it memorable? How are we providing an experience that they want to come back to? Um, and that will, I think, always be the priority. How do we create, uh, you know, fun promotions and creative promotions, something that's a little bit different every game, so it gives you a little bit different experience. How do we sort of uh, honor the game and the traditions that we've already built here uh, as part of Orange County Soccer Club? So how do we, how do we honor those uh, and, and make sure that that's a part of the game? And then how do we bring new fans in with that kind of fan experience? So I think that's, for me, that, that's always the priority, um, merchandise, as we talked about is an area that we really wanted to get better in. And I think we're definitely on the road to, to doing that. Um, you know, I, I think I, I'll leave, I'll leave the sort of on the pitch stuff to Oliver. Right. So, I mean, I think he, that's a whole nother set of things that I, that I think we certainly will want to work on, uh, concessions again, that's all fan experience to me, but concessions is an area that I think we want to get better at and provide more, uh, more options, Uh, we want to create more beer options. We want to create more hospitality areas. We started to do that with Califino tequila down in the, uh, uh, the sort of general admission bleacher area. And so we had a lot of plans set up for what that was going to be in 2020. We got part of one game in, and, and really that's as far as we got. Uh, we set up some club cabanas on, on the South deck and started to create some hospitality there. So I think really trying to work through, uh, what our relationship is with the city of Irvine and how we operate the stadium, uh, and getting more access to the stadium on a more permanent basis, I think that's going to be a really big part of that too, so that we're not necessarily starting from scratch every single game, but that we are building on what we've done from game to game. And right now, we have to tear everything down, set everything up, and it's very difficult to uh, to grow that way. So I think those are those are the priorities. I think working out our, our stadium situation and making sure that we are enhancing the fan experience would be the priorities for me for for 2021 for sure.
0: And let's not even get started with, like, the field conditions of uh, the stadium when Irvine's managing that because 99% of the time the uh, conditions, especially we saw in the first few matches when they played Phoenix, I believe it was just, like, painted on, um, painted on grass and stuff like that and all that fun stuff, which I know, you know. I don't again, know the- what the- you're talking but- about. <laughs> I mean, when you see the ball is like bright green by halftime right. you know what's going on there and, and i get it the club really doesn't have any control of that because it's not your stadium uh and it's just working that relationship with irvine and, and hopefully um you guys can continue to 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 build that that relationship and, and find a way to um get better control of of everything in that stadium the, the pitch um concessions yeah. uh, and all that other stuff I, I will um, say that
2: we have had a, uh, a very good dialogue going with Irvine over the past, with the city of Irvine over the past, say, two months uh, and have made a lot of progress towards that, which prior to that, we really weren't making any progress. And so it, that's, you know, that's uh, certainly a, a, a plus to them uh, to be open enough to have the conversation. Uh, And we've been making a lot of progress. So we'll see where that goes. We still have a long road to get to where we want to be. But at least that door is open to the city. uh, And those conversations are happening and they're happening more accelerated than they were, say, three months ago or or prior to that. So uh, I think that's a really good sign for where we may end up for next year.
0: Good to hear right there. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, you're not in the soccer side of things. You're more on the business side of things, but you still get to see the club. Uh, you're at the match. Sure. You get to See what you're expecting. You know what the expectations are with this club. We talked about it prior to going live here a couple of weeks ago on our last episode. We did some team overall grades for the season, and, and I think I caught a lot of heat for my harshness of this club with my grade of an F uh, on, uh, the season. And, and again, I, I base that all on expectations and, and where we should have been. Let me ask you, Jeff, as, as a member of the club and you got, again, you get to see the whole big picture for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you grade this 2020 season for Orange County, um, as a whole? So, you know, Oliver and I have talked about this, uh, and
2: Oliver has a, a much more detailed take on the, on the play on the field, but I would say, that our expectation, you know, we've got two priorities, I think, uh, on the field. And one of those is winning championships. And one of those is developing quality players, right? And so it's a, it, it, Oliver is one of the best in the business, I think, at doing that and doing that on a somewhat limited budget. Uh, he can, he brings in some really good players, some fairly good veteran leadership. Uh, but also mixes that with some of the young guys, particularly at the end of the year when, when some of them got to play a little bit more. Or Aaron Servenius is a good, ex- good example of one of the young guys sort of making good and getting some good playing time. So when we're not winning championships and in this year's case, not making the playoffs, it is extremely disappointing to everybody. Um, and I think the players and the coaching staff and Oliver, probably more than anybody else, but that's our expectation going into it, and quite frankly, I think the fa- that should be the fans' expectation going into it too. And so, we are going to do everything we can to win championships. And if we're not even in the playoffs, and that's that's not a good finish for us. Uh, I think as the season went on, there was a lot to deal with from a player standpoint. That you know, it, it's tough. You know, I think athletes in general are sort of creatures of habit and routine, and that was blown up completely for months. Uh, And then if you remember, we had that stoppage, it was about a two week stoppage with, I think the Galaxy had some issues in Sacramento. And so we actually didn't play for about two weeks. And so we started, we stopped, we started, we stopped. So that was very challenging, but we played through it. But I think the way we ended the season was the most disappointing part for all of us is that we really just didn't play well down the stretch. And we certainly had our chances. San Diego opened the door, Galaxy opened the door, and we just really had a hard time walking through that door. Um, and so I think that's something that Oliver uh, will address and, and uh, Braden will address as we go forward into 2021. Uh, I think we're going to try to bring back all the great parts uh, and, and build on those and build on the progress um, and try to get that fixed for next year because our expectation is to be in the playoffs and to compete for a championship every year like we, like we had done the past few years. And so do I have to add- give a, a letter grade, right? Yeah, go for it. I, I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C as average. I, I think the the end of the year is probably closer to a D. The beginning of the year is closer to a B or a B plus. Um, I think that was the most disappointing was the way that we ended the year. It just was it was painful to not be able to to get it done at the end there.
0: All right, well, let me get one last question, and then I'll let you head off uh, for the evening. Um, OC Soccer Dad on YouTube watching live. Um, Posted a comment saying the fan experience will be better if we can raise attendance. When we watch the games on ESPN Plus and see the impact of the opposing supporters, I get jealous. Uh, how can the dedicated supporters help build the the fan base? So, what can the the, the supporters group and the fans that are dedicated to this team that these ticket holders or go to the majority of the matches? How can they help you guys out in in helping build this uh, sure. fan base? You know, and that's that's actually a tough
2: one because I appreciate our supporter group. Uh, more than, you know, I mean, I, I, I think they are such a key to to what we will do going forward. The fact that we had fans coming out uh, in a pandemic and sitting outside the fence and climbing on ladders and scaffolding is incredible and chanting and playing drums and singing and and having a good time. I think that's incredible, too. Um, we really want to try to work with the the supporters group and, and really want to try to build that. And so I would almost sort of put the question back to them, honestly, and say, tell us what you need. Uh, tell us how we can help. And so we've been having those conversations and have had those conversations, uh, you know, over the past, I don't know, probably a year or so, a little bit over a year since I've been here. And so there's definitely some opportunities for us to get better and for us to support uh, what the supporters are doing. Uh, ultimately, we've got to find a good way to recruit new members. Uh, and I think that's one area that's been a little stagnant is is we haven't really added new people to that group. It's been the same group of people. And so while they are a core of what we're doing, to be able to find a way to build some excitement and be able to draw new people in, I think that's a key to to obviously letting the supporter group grow. But I 100% think it's a huge key to the atmosphere. You know, I had a hard, to, I had a hard time, honestly, my, my first uh, couple games sort of adjusting to that because I'm used to being able to control the fan experience a little bit more and pump in a little bit music and do a little bit more entertainment-wise on the field. And you really can't do that in soccer. It's a constantly flowing game, and the supporters control the atmosphere. Not, not even – I mean, the team can do it a little bit, but more so it's the supporters. And so I think trying to find a way to help that group grow is a real key to what our fan experience looks like going
0: forward. Perfect, thank you for that. And I'm gonna just end this real quick. I, I did say that was gonna be the last question, but I wanna let Dylan ask a question here, sure. because we do ask every guest from the from the club this question. Dylan's uh, uh, just getting a collection for his <laughs> future book that he will release in, in probably 2029 or something like that. Um, Dylan, go for it. All right, Jeff. What is your favorite <laughs> vegetable and how do you prepare it?
2: My favorite vegetable. Well, I have not cooked in about 23 years since I started dating my wife because she's a wonderful cook. I would say though, I am all about raw cucumbers. Like I could eat raw cucumbers, sliced raw cucumbers, and I'm probably dip them in ranch, but I could eat those all day long every day. So, uh, but I'll, I love a good, like sauteed mushroom with some butter and garlic. I like, uh, I had carrots and celery. I mean, our kids eat, eat vegetables constantly. So I'm usually on those. But given the choice, I'd probably end up with a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those, those <laughs> might, I think, think you've got a reaction be, from the
0: fan base out there in, in, in your house. There.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Making some time to join us here on the episode. Definitely uh, hope mm-hmm. we can do this uh, multiple times in the future. And I'm looking forward to when we can get back to normal and we can actually uh, be at the stadium and we can put on some live pregame shows uh, there in the fan zone uh, so the fans can interact with the, uh, spread the love of Orange County soccer Club. Uh, Any last thoughts or any last thoughts you want to share with our listeners? I, I would
2: just say, yeah, I would just say I appreciate what you guys do every week. So thank you so much for doing it and, and, and uh, supporting the team and being a part of the team. We appreciate it. And to all the fans that came out during this year. Uh, in spite of a pandemic, thank you, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts. Just thank you for coming out and supporting us. And, you know, it means a lot when you go through some of these days, particularly over the last few months. And it's so challenging, you know, to see people that appreciate it and enjoy it and and, uh, and are there for it. That's what that makes it all worth it. So just thank you to to you guys for, for doing this and the effort that goes into it. And thank you to the fans for coming out this year. We really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to doing more of this as we go forward and certainly getting back to normal in 2021.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, check out uh orange County soccer club on social media to follow all these great announcements. We're hoping we're going to hear in the near future here uh, coming from this club. And Jeff's going to be a big part of, of what we may hear from some of that. So once again, Jeff, thank you so much uh, for taking some time to join us and best of uh, best of, I guess, luck or best <laughs> wishes for you off season. And, and hopefully uh, this, this pandemic slowly goes away and in time for next season. So you can just go bonkers with what you can plan for the fan experience at the stadium. we Will do. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Once again, Leishman, that is Jeff Garner uh, from Orange County Soccer Club. We appreciate whenever we can get a uh, guest from the team to come speak with us and share, uh, you know, what's going on. And it's it's always nice when you can get someone from the front office on, on on a podcast like this, because you get to get a little bit deeper into it. I We love talking to the players. But when you can speak with someone that has a little bit more control with what's going on, maybe at the stadium with the fans and all that, it's always awesome to hear and always awesome to see. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Dylan, with, uh, with Jeff this evening and what he had to share with us?
3: I mean, it's, it's just good to hear from someone that's not involved in soccer operations all the time, but is in the office every day and, and doing work. Because, um, you know, what is going on in, on the field? for 90 minutes is a really small part of the week and it's the biggest part and the smallest part of the store altogether or, uh, of the, um of the story altogether. So it's good to hear about what's going on behind the scenes, especially in a year like this, where we didn't just see anything.
0: <laughs> well, the, and the interesting thing, right. Is as, as soccer fans and, and I'll admit, all three of us were soccer fans when it comes down to it. That's the reason we started a soccer podcast. Um, but as soccer fans or any sports fans in general, you don't really look or think about the the back end side of things when you're looking at like the business side of things on a team you're really just looking at player movement transactions and what your team is doing on the field uh without thinking there's there's a lot that goes on to or goes into running a team and running an organization besides just signing great players and playing good on the on the field right uh let me go to you alan
1: yeah, I know this was something that when I first showed up to Orange County, it was always it was a kind of a question about, like, how are things working? And there was the conversations with fans was like they are doing a lot and they didn't always feel like the club was working with them. But over the last, you know, 18 months or so, I felt that there was the team has made an effort to connect to the people who are showing up. Uh And have tried to get out to community like they gave us some stuff to pass out at a watch party against Tacoma. And that was like early on. That was like last year. Um, And it was like, all right, this is fun. And you talk to people that they don't know that Orange County plays right down the street. They were literally like, oh, do we have a team? It's like, yeah, they play down the street. Uh, But I do think that they've made an effort to be more vocal, be more present, be more engaged with their fans and the casual fans and the USL community. And I've seen the ship change direction, but you know, organizations like professional sports teams don't quickly change overnight. You got to its like a slow change. You got to make sure you're lining up your ducks. You got to make sure you're not overextending yourself. Um, but you know, the fan experience was always something that was, you know, it was there, but the effort being put in now I feel is where the team is moving in the right direction. Um, And I think, you know, over the next couple of years, we might see a benefit like we're not going to see it right away. It's not going to be like, all right, we sold out. I think it's going to be kind of a slow burn to get to that point um, because it's a tough place to draw into in Irvine. Um, And so you have to convince people that it's worth it to go. But I think once people go, if they really love soccer, that is a phenomenal venue. Uh, It's a great place to watch a game. And unless you're playing RGV or whatever, it's going to be a really good product on the pitch. Um, And it's one of the reasons I was hooked to going in and watching games at Championship Soccer Stadium. It was like, this is a really crazy, cool venue. I think a lot of people in the area who know it, know it. But it's that education piece. And that just takes time and time and time and work. Uh, And as USL gets better, as Orange County gets more, eyes on it i think you can see some of that growth
0: i love how you brought up that watch party that we threw and it was funny because we got the those like sort of uh prize bags or whatever or the goodie bags to to give out and we ended up giving you know there was people that were watching us go crazy watching one tv listening to this game watching this game and people started looking at us like we were weird or that we were crazy and then they, they started asking us what what is this what is what's going on and you know, I think we talked to a few people and they were shocked to hear that there is a professional soccer team in Orange County, which I think we can all agree. We've all shared that experience even outside of that. Like you talk to people, like they're like, what, there's a soccer team here. Um, or you bring them to a game that are, you know, they, they don't know what to expect. And then they leave saying like what you said, Alan, like, this is a pretty awesome place to watch soccer and it's good. It's fun. It's neat. And it's, it's a good value too when you look at uh, the price to go to a, a soccer match, a championship, a soccer stadium, as opposed to even going to the movies, right? You know, in a normal non-pandemic uh, time period, I mean, movies are now like, what, 15 bucks a pop. Um, if you're going with a family of four, that can be like, you know, what, 70 bucks or 60 bucks? I can't do my math right now. But by the time you buy popcorn and sodas and all this other stuff, you're spending well over $100,000 100, $100 for a movie. I don't know what movie I'm seeing for 100000 but- uh, must be a good one, right? Um, yeah so I, I you know again, it's pretty awesome and and uh, I appreciate and i and I'm probably gonna uh, I'll speak for both of you. I'm sure you guys will appreciate it too is the the willingness for the club to uh, work with us uh, when we ask uh, if anyone wants to, to come on the show, they're willing to come on um they're willing to send us players. they're willing to give us you know goodies or giveaways to give away when we throw a random watch party um and all that stuff, which is really cool and and I look forward to more experiences with this with this team and um. Hopefully, this is just twenty twenty, and we can look past this year in the future and be like, ah, that's just sort of a, a an asterisk year because of what happened, and we get back to winning side of things and and make the playoffs and all that fun stuff. But I still have to go with, go with my F grade. That's
3: that's great for you. I just <laughs> want to say Jeff's efforts do not go unnoticed because he's handed me beer vouchers on multiple occasions. I've taken them up every single time and it's freaking sweet and that didn't happen in 2018 and that didn't happen in
0: 2017 well i don't think you could have got it in 2017 all right and i'm just spilling feeling right now while i'm saying that too so that's just yeah.
3: maybe you should dial back over there champ you're cut off not even 40 minutes in this
0: podcast and you're cut off oh um what else are we supposed to talk about I think uh, it's time to start getting into some player grades, uh, but I don't know if we have our spreadsheet. Dylan, I think, was supposed to create oh, a spreadsheet sure for us. I sure
3: do, and I just oh. didn't share it with you. So you didn't share while it us, I don't. pull that up and share it for you too, and you can both pull it up. I have a quick question for you both. Uh-oh. This is really important. All right. Can a soccer player shave a hole in his super large afro? and carry the ball inside of it. So in this situation, right? Goalkeeper. Is this like a real-life scenario that the ball happened? Goalkeeper picks up the ball, walks up this guy with massive hair. It could be an afro. That's the way this question was phrased. Or I, I imagine like if you had really long hair, like if Aiden grew out his hair for another year, he could, like, you know, Freddie could hold the ball here, and Aiden could pull his hair up and tie a little knot, like a shoelace around it really quick. And just take off down the pitch. Um, can, and run into the goal. Yeah. Is is that allowed? Please give me your thoughts. As well as any listeners. I would love their input as well.
0: I feel like this is like a trick question. Dylan's trying to make us look bad.
1: Dylan's trying to kill time is what Dylan's trying to do. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, because he didn't share the, the list that he was supposed to share with us. Um, I don't know. Um, I'd have to like Google FIFA rules about. So when he goes to tie it up, though, at some point his hand might touch the ball, right? I mean, fine. The
3: goalkeeper takes his gloves off for the sole purpose and ties them up because realistically, no keeper could do that with gloves.
1: No, it doesn't seem like it would be legit. I mean, I don't see why. Well, like, let me. Well, let's, let's
0: let's. Let's take the hair thing away, right? What if a player is really skillful with the ball and they're able to just get the ball up on their head and start balancing it on their head, running down the field? I mean, that would be he, fine, right? This is a thing.
3: Yes, Carlon was a player. He is 32 years old. He was Brazilian. Is he's, he's not dead? He just no longer plays. Um, and that was going <laughs> to say, he, wow,
2: wow, he 30, do, 32 years old and he's dead? What? Go is
3: he would kind of you know kick the ball up, catch it here, and just hold it in between his head and his shoulder. And run down the pitch and he would just get hacked to pieces constantly uh i don't know if unsporting behavior would be the one to do it probably but the second someone came in for a challenge on that it would absolutely play would get blown dead it's
0: an insane stupid question but it is truly amazing
3: and technically not against
0: the rules Can you imagine like a defending player? The only way you can defend that is coming with like this like high scissor kick, like like almost like you're almost like you're like shooting the bow arrow to try and get the the apple, and instead you're trying to go get that soccer ball with your foot. Like that would be crazy. We, I, I I need to teach my my youth team how to do that. That'd be really cool. Pulling your son's hair out.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna just tell. I've seen your haircuts. They'll be better off with longer hair. Just
0: by like. Every game, just buy a bottle of Aquanet and spray it so it's like solid so it doesn't move at all, and then just have the goalie plop the ball right there in the head and have him run. That'd be pretty awesome. I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to work that. Thank you for sharing, Dylan.
3: Orange and Black Soccer Cast, everyone. This is where we get (laughs) into some real hard hitting questions like how Orange County does a business this year, and can a player hold the ball
0: in his hair and run down the pitch? And what's a vegetable? Well, so then that sort of brings up the question, right? Can someone, like, can the goalie, can I lift up my shirt, the goalie puts the ball in Please there, and then I cover it up, out. and I run?
1: No. No. Why not? Because I said so.
0: It's touching only it my stomach. I'm using the shirt to lock the ball in.
3: Yeah, see, OC Soccer Dad got it. It would definitely be dangerous play the second, because to make an attempt for that ball, you'd have to put another player in danger, and so they just wouldn't allow it. Um, same reason for that. Definitely not. I should go. try
0: it though. When, once my kids team can start playing again, I should just try that play one time and see what the ref does. Like see if he even like knows what to do in that situation. That'd be pretty funny. Maybe I'll get like someone to record it so we can put it like on like a, uh, like a America's funniest home videos or some random thing like that. Amazing. Well, anyway, um... <laughs> let's get to player grades, right? Yeah. That's, that's the best part going on here. Um, so every season we, we like to do some player grades. Uh, we we go through and spend just a few minutes talking about how we thought a player did in the season and, um, you know, give them a, a final grade for the season. I think I asked Dylan to sort of put a list together based on, like, the least amount of time maybe to who were the most impactful, or did you do it the other way? I did the
3: other way around, but you know what the nice thing about lists is? It's you could read them the other way. Ah so where's this
0: magical issue we're supposed to, to share with, it with you I told her where it was
1: it's your email A-
0: Alan's oh, right there. I have to pull my email yep oh my god oh. well hey
3: so if we're gonna let's start with five players based on the amount of time that we have who feed just quick answers answer. per this is per minute not appearance uh, which you'll find out very quickly so we've got starting off Raymond Dry who came in against Vegas, played for a handful of minutes, but won Orange County in penalty. So, uh, Alan, do you want to go ahead with your grade
1: here? (laughs) I wrote who? (laughs) Um, um, I'm going to rate, I think, a lot of these guys kind of incomplete. I think there's a lot of young players like uh, Raymond Dry or foreshadowing some other players I don't think we got really a fair shake of who they are as a player, um, or as um, where you hope they were going to be. Um, there's a, you know a couple of good plays. Raymond comes in, he makes a good play. He gets the goal uh, off a penalty. Not he doesn't get the goal, but he leads to a goal. Um, but really incomplete, like, to be determined, I guess. <laughs>
3: I can't deny that. I mean, you spent my, it was like three or four minutes. Um, you can't say that that person earned a letter grade. Even if that person does score like the USL championship winning goal. If you play three minutes out of like 1500 or whatever a normal season is, you don't, you don't get that. Uh, Ray.
0: <laughs> what's your- <laughs> I love that Dylan's already laughing because he already saw my my answer on this. So stupid. This list. please, what is your grade for Mr. Dry? A plus, best first name on the team. That simple, simple and easy right there. Plus, I mean, oh like you guys said, he he led to a goal by drawing a, a penalty in the box. So perfect. A plus.
3: All right, well, our next one up is Alexis Cerritos. He featured a couple times. He made his debut in the 2-0 loss to San Diego in San Diego, um, which I'm sure Alan was a big fan of that match. Didn't particularly do too much. Never really had an opportunity to do too much. Usually just came on for the last 10 minutes. So, uh, Alan, go ahead.
1: Ray, I can't even <laughs> usually this is uh, usually this is Dylan and I messing with you when you're reading and now um, I'm enjoying it because Dylan's so like, hard the to host
0: now of, of the of the player grade. So I can actually sort of not focus so much on this.
1: I know I'm going to feel like a broken record, but I don't think he did anything terribly memorable. Um, but then again, I'm not really going to grade him too harshly. Uh, for his play or his lack of play. Uh, clearly, he is a um, someone who's going to be part of the future of Orange County, hopefully. Um, again, I gave him another incomplete. I'd like to see where he ends up next season. Um, I don't want to get in trouble like I did last year with um, uh, Danny Chrysostomo with being too harsh on him. Um, I, I think expectations are... Hey, you came up early, like you graduated from their previous grade early, and now you're trying out the next grade. I'm not gonna. I'm like, hey, this is just for exposure. It's just, you know, it's there's no credit, credit, no credit. Maybe I'll give him credit. There we go, credit. He gets <laughs> he gets a P for passing. He gets some credit because he pass, showed up. Pass no pass. Pass it's no pass.
3: That's here right now. What is this? Some, this is some pandemic grading we have going on, everyone maybe in a 35 game season hold harmless chance. Yeah. There you go. What is it? Not the needs improvement, but the satisfactory. That's the little note next to the P. All right. Um, yeah. Did a couple of these guys, you can't give them a grade because they didn't play enough. This is the same situation. You give them an incomplete. Oh, Ray is very offended by this comment. So please, Ray, what did you grade Alexis? I
0: gave him an a plus, uh, Growing up, I loved going to Los Cerritos Center in the city of Cerritos. So based off of his name, I'm going to give him an A++. He, you know, made some good appearances with the club. So I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with a um, late season signing that had a little bit of an impact on the season.
3: Well, I'm glad that two of us are taking this seriously. Our next one up is <laughs> our youngest ever player,
1: Mr. Francis Jacobs. Allen. Alan? Um, I'm going to give him, um, I put incomplete, but that's probably not fair for him. Um, I'm actually going to give him an a, um, I'm going to give him an a, he played really well in the one game that he was put on the pitch for the whole uh, game. He represented himself in orange County. Well, when he played, uh, with Rangers, uh, he said he had better hair, uh, than Aaron Cervantes, I believe. So I'm going to give him an a for, uh his chutzpah, I guess. Um, I, I like Francis Jacobs a lot for where he is and how young he is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change my grade from incomplete to to an A. He aced the one assignment that I asked him to do. He turned it in, knocked it out of the park. And so I'm like, well you're only here for a couple days but you killed it. So go ahead. Take your A.
3: I love it. Honestly, I was that kid in a couple classes.
1: Uh, Never got the A, though.
3: (laughs) I have to give him an incomplete um, because he, I think, in total, played less than Ray. Calm down. It's fine. Um, I think he did extremely well against Vegas. Um, The role that he's being asked to play is not flashy. He was not flashy, but he just did his job. Um, And... I recognized that he was playing in that match. Uh, That match against Vegas, I did not recognize that Edson Alvarado was playing until he got sucked off. So he didn't have one of those kind of appearances. And I mean, when you're as young as he is and you're playing against a team like Vegas, that's kind of great. He didn't get his ankles hacked at. He didn't get swept up into something stupid. Just did his job for an hour and got to sit down in some gaming chairs for 30 minutes on the sideline. Um, so incomplete, but I'm very much looking forward to where he's at for the next two three years. Uh, Ray, what's your grade here? I don't see anything stupid here.
0: Well, yeah, pretty stupid. <laughs> Ray, go ahead. Uh, I have to give him an A plus for his for his debut. It was the best professional debut I've ever seen. Um, you know, running onto the pitch, excited, and then the whistle blows thirty seconds later but it was a great professional debut. And all, although I, I'm joking around here a little bit, I'm really just sort of taking it easy on these ones because I don't want to just go with the incomplete or, you know, not we didn't see enough to really give a grade, but you know, he did look really good in that game against Las Vegas. He put in a a good, uh, a good performance and I have to give him a good grade because of that. I mean, when you have someone that, that's barely getting started in their professional, career and you know is is showing what francis jacobs has shown um i have to give a good grade and i'm just going to go with a plus on it because really there's not enough to grade it on so i'm going to go based off the little bit that i saw and i'm going to say a plus
3: hey for a while he had 100 um interception duels one tackles one something like that
1: duels. he's still 100 percent. i think on the ground he's 50 oh. in the air or something
3: but that doesn't yeah. make any sense in this context um <laughs> All right, well, two players left. Uh, Mr. Diego Lopez. Alan, go ahead and lead us off again.
1: Um, I put P just so the la- these four players would spell P-A-P-I, Pappy. Um, I don't know. Um, imagine if I graded that way in my class, like started spelling things. <laughs> um Again, two games played, I think it's hard to tell kind of where he is. Getting into a couple games means that you're, you're probably good enough. Um, there, there was some news that Diego Lopez signed with Philadelphia, but it's a different Diego Lopez. So I was confused for a few seconds. I was like, wait a minute, wasn't he? But he did and the thing, but he's still there. Um, I think the passing, I think, you know, he, he it was fine
3: fair. I can't. Particularly, I, I have to say, I, I can't really disagree, but he didn't play enough for me to warrant getting a, a real letter grade here. Um, he started off really strong in the match he started, and then I think the wheels really came off for him in the 65th, 70th minute, and then it was just a, a couple runs he didn't pick on. I think by that Uh, at that point he was really tired just didn't make those runs and and then made away for the last few minutes of the game but it happens he's young and um, as he gets a little bit more experience I'm sure he'll have a better consistent performance through his matches and we'll probably see him uh, a lot more so I'm looking forward to that Um, Ray just what's your grade for Diego Lopez
0: um, I'm, I am I can't do the incomplete or the passing no pass. So I have to give a letter grade and I'm going to give Diego uh, an A minus just because really I didn't expect anything out of Diego Lopez this season. Um, and the fact that he made a couple of appearances, started a match and didn't do anything flashy, but also didn't do anything that, um, you know, upsets me or anything like that and limited play. I'm going A minus.
3: Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Lettergrade continues on his life. Um, back to reality and dumb comments. Our fifth player, Thomas Evelson, Um, one game played for Orange County, El Paso, on March 6th. One child fathered. He did the work. That was a preseason gig. Um, really wasn't too involved I mean, in that process. Championships are one in preseason,
1: right? Championships are one in preseason. The work you do in preseason leads to the... Success. I'll have to
3: ask his partner I think um, because obviously she was the one doing the heavy lifting there um, actually probably not if that child is anything like the two of them that child probably came out like extremely ripped and weighs I don't know two pounds ready to FSU yeah alright well um Alan please Yes. by all
1: means uh, I gave him a B for baby um I thought he played fine in the first match. Uh, I thought he had a couple of really good looks um, and some good opportunities. And you can tell that if given a couple games, things are going to start clicking and there's going to be some pre- pretty fun magic. But it just didn't quite happen against El Paso, um, which, you know, El Paso is a tough team to score against. Uh, but it wasn't like an A plus And um, so I think in the one game we had from him versus expectation versus he had a baby. So B for baby.
3: All right, well, um, I'm still going to give him an incomplete despite the one match played. Um, no disrespect to him. If I factor in the stuff he did in Denmark, then he's getting a higher grade. He's passing for sure. It's, it's going to get an A because he scored a brace in this first match in five months, I think. Um, but, you know, uh, this was a shortened season, and it was obviously a massive disappointment. We would have been a much better team with him in the side. That being said, I don't blame him for not coming back here um, with his partner and his young child. Denmark seems to have things a lot more under control than we do. And, um, you know, why not have your young child around your extended family for that very reason? Um, So they can kind of help out as, as you get situated in the newest challenge of his life. But from that one match, it was pretty clear, despite being two years older than we last saw him, uh, he's still putting the work in, and he is still just as fit as before. Ray, what is your... I can see what your grade is, and I'm curious if this note is why he's received this grade. So please.
0: <laughs> um, so I wanted to agree with, with Alan, a B. Um, I look at it as... He didn't look amazing against El Paso, but he looked good and probably would have looked good or at least better than that for most of the season. Uh, But he only played the one game, and then he got sent to a second division Denmark team, which is not uh, licensed for FIFA 21, which means I cannot use Thomas Ennevoldsen in FIFA 21 because of that. If he would have gone to a first division Denmark team, maybe I would have been able to give him a higher grade. But because of that, I had to give him a B-. Beautiful. Well, that was five players. Um,
3: it can only get better from here because we can only have something to actually grade from here on out. The next one up is Harry Forster. Uh, through some guys that actually played quite a few matches this year. So next week we'll have much, much better things. Ray has just disappeared and turned into a couple boxes, and now it's Ray in front of a green screen.
0: Iron your green screen, Ray. This is amateur hour. You never have to see my green screen, because usually there's an image back here, but apparently um, Google Chrome is having some issues displaying my green screen. Um, Luckily, it happened, what, at the very end of this episode, so pretty awesome. Well. Back to your hosting duties, boss man. Oh, by the way, now nah, we'll get to this in a second. Back to your hosting duties. Yeah. We, we Let's just go ahead and end it right here, right now, then. So we don't have to get to whatever it is you want to share, Dylan. No, uh, really quick. Let's get to our random thoughts for this episode. I'm going to go ahead and start with Alan.
1: Um, I just want to send some love to the Total Soccer Show family. Um The reason we opened the show the way they did is one of the hosts um, for the show had been battling um, some cancer uh, and uh, passed away just before our show ended. And a bunch of the BGN family uh, is paying homage to him and his welcome to the Total Soccer Show. Uh, So my random thought is uh, find a couple episodes, scroll through, find some topics that you like. Uh, and give Total Soccer Show a listen. Um, I know they've been super instrumental in inspiring tons of soccer podcasts. Um, and his intro is engaging and happy and joyful. And I think in right now we need a little bit of that happy and joyfulness. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, go give him some love um, and thoughts to uh, Daryl and the Total Soccer Show family and his family as well.
0: How can you follow that up, Dylan? Go for it
3: oh well i was gonna tell people um get checked for colorectal cancers they're easy to do the colonoscopy i can tell you from personal experience it's not that bad colonoscopy prep is by far the worst part um but given what the uh the alternative is it's it's really not that big of a deal to take two three days of your time and uh get it sorted out um you know there's a 90 uh survival rate Five year survival rate um, if it's just localized, which is like the lowest stage of it. So um, take care of yourself, you know, and uh, it's not that, not that hard. You can go to cancer.org and, and find out all the info you could possibly need for any cancers that you are uh, at risk for. But yeah, take care of yourself. Eat good food. Go to the doctor.
0: Doctors are there for a reason. Um, man, to go from what you guys are discussing to my random topic here. So, um, I want you guys to tell me, am I now this like irritated old person, um, because of what happened to me recently and the way I reacted. So a couple days ago, not once, but twice, uh, some young people decided to mess with my car, um, right outside of my house. One of them was a group of young kids, like probably the the youngest one was like a four-year-old and there was probably like a six-year-old and probably an eight or nine-year-old. And the oldest one of the bunch was telling the youngest one of the bunch to go test or check out or see if car doors were unlocked. So I watched as they went to a bunch of cars in front of my complex. I was standing up on the patio on our second floor watching as he did this um and he tried it on my wife's car my car and a few other cars and as they're walking back they see me watching and I call them out on it and the oldest kid tells me no we weren't doing that no no we weren't doing that and then when I pointed down to my front door and my doorbell which has a camera on it he's like oh i promise i won't do we won't do it again so i want to know am i and, and then later on that night some teenagers decided to mess with my windshield wipers by lifting them up and just sort of standing them up on the car which i know okay great no damage to my car awesome i have no no problem with pranks but it irritated me just because of what had happened with the younger kids earlier in the day. Am I now just a grumpy old person? Can I just, you can I You are a grumpy old person, but that's because your
3: birthday was yesterday. I think apparently, I don't know, Alan texted it. And then I looked at your Twitter
0: and it said it was your birthday. And so, yes. So is, am I now officially a grumpy old man? Based yeah. off of the way I reacted in that experience? No, based on your birthday being yesterday, yes. Or did yes, I react normally for that type of experience? Like, is that what anyone... Like, I didn't yell at the kids. I didn't, like, be mean. I just called them out on it. And, and then their dad came out and, and sort of asked what happened. And I just told him, yeah, these, you, the, this older kid was trying to tell this your, the little kid to open the doors. But uh, am, am it might... I just want to make sure I'm not being, like, overly grumpy old man in that. Is that something a normal person does or... Should I have just ignored it and just known that it was just kids being kids? I'll um, ask you, Dylan, because you're the closest thing to a kid here.
3: Yeah, that's true. Um, I think you are a grumpy old man because your birthday was yesterday. And I think that you, rather than bringing this up on a soccer podcast, should probably just post on Facebook and complain and, like a group mom. So
0: get the, video, get the video footage Next from my store. Yeah, Next girl, door. Post, yeah, you on door, yeah. post yeah. it on
3: Twitter and Reddit. Next and door. At Your local police department, because this seems like a valid use of their time. Um, God knows (laughs) where you live in Orange County. They
0: have nothing better to be doing. Um, I just love that the kid totally changed his story after I told him I have a camera on my doorbell. (laughs) Hey, it's not uh, not that stupid, apparently.
3: He knows how to open a car door. Anyway, uh, if you wanted to talk about soccer things, my second random soccer thought random thought is that the El Dorado High School women's soccer team got all of their stuff stolen earlier this week out of one of those like storage bin container things. So um, that is all of the work, I believe over a three year period this program has been built. Um, yeah, not not great that a ton of stuff got stolen from a school, not, cool. not, not great. Cool. Um, that's happening in our community really kudos to um superfan andy for kind of letting people know this had happened um and getting people in touch kudos to um some of the phoenix fans um they call her mom and i don't remember mcpherson mcphie mcphie i think her last name's actually mcpherson um she was sharing it a lot of people sharing it um uh dj up in reno who has given us Malort. I don't know if Ray remembers that in his advanced age. Um, but all these people really pulling through, so um, you can also help out. They lost a lot of stuff, and soccer stuff is not cheap. Soccer balls are not cheap, as I'm sure most people that follow this podcast know. So if you can help, um, you can... We'll put it in the show notes, but you can also visit our Twitter. We've posted it there where you can find help. You can Venmo, and I believe it's at EDHS. Soccer. I don't know. Just, you know, go on our Twitter and you can find out where, um, where. So if you can donate, donate. If you can't just share it and, um, hopefully everything they can get or everything they had can be replaced because we like to support local here. We also like support women's women in sports. And so making sure that they have a platform from which to grow and play, um, into women while still in high school is, is key. You're muted,
0: right? Anyway, my my third random thought is you should all just be good people. Just so shh, shh. just in case you don't want to go to our social media, you can uh, just go to Venmo and send it out at edhs girls soccer um, to help support them out. So feel free to do that. Yes, so um, definitely, you know, sucks that that happened, and anyone that can help or is willing to help be awesome. Um, I'm sure um, if. Any of you were in that same situation, you'd love to help too. So, go, Dylan. Since you want to do a third rant, I thought, said it. I said, be even good though people. we're in overtime, I go for it. I said it.
3: This is like the ref that's like, "All right, I'm going to come have a conversation with you because you're time wasting. Well, now you're adding on to the time being wasted. So this isn't actually doing anything. Just
0: you know, Alan, you're, you're the action. judge, Judy of this it, episode. Who's right, to who's Alan? Wrong? Get to and, Alan,
3: where he's going to read some ad reads. Give me a yellow card for time wasting, uh, right? Don't just come and, here and, and lecture me about
1: he it. Won't shut up. And just, just like the Western Conference games, nobody wins because when you go to penalty kicks, no one actually wins. You just, you just advance on PKs, and just like the podcast tonight. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. We just all advance, oh, and <laughs> we'll be kicked. not going to want to
0: join us ever again because no one wins on this podcast.
1: No one wins, which is fine. I mean, if you're looking for a winner, you're definitely not going to find one here. Um, <laughs> this podcast. That's very I mean, true. I mean, old man. You, old well, man. Well, hey, no, no,
0: no. Alan and I, I think win. Dylan never wins. Live. I'm
1: a lot. I'm or, a lot. or is Dylan like the kid that you just like let win occasionally because he's like the kid and you don't want to you don't want to feel bad about him never winning? Is that a thing?
0: pride, well, I'm over to So he's that he's that kid on the show. You're the worst. That just like forces his way into someone's life and just says That's hi. What you
3: did to me. You were the one that came up to me and started talking to me at a soccer game, and now here we are, two and a half years later.
0: Look at what you've done, and, to I, and I can't and I can't get rid of you.
1: How can I not find this ad read? Oh, here it is. Thanks to totally like, totally our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier. Thanks for sponsoring Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier in the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarf for your group or team at Roughneckscarf.com. Tired of the same old uniforms, cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for youth clubs, Sunday league, squad adult, or even pro team? Igress FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit at aggressfc.com. Micro Machines.
0: <laughs> A lot of people won't know what the hell You just said at the end of there, uh, Alan I um, do, and that's I all that matters thank, I want to thank Jeff Garner again for joining us And hopefully we'll get him on here again Even after the way we ended this last half hour of the show um, And I don't know how much Alan, or Dylan and I have to bicker back and forth To give Alan time to find the ad reads But it seemed to work out there um, For Dylan, for Alan This is Ray, Orange Black Soccer Cast And we are Out